This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic... 1978 UFO crash in Bolivia. That's correct. 1978 UFO crash in Bolivia. Now, just briefly before I get into the story, I just want to cover two things. Uh, number one, I've been a little sluggish on cranking out the podcast lately uh, due to the fact that I've been under the weather for a while. I'm just uh, pretty run down, not feeling that great, feeling pretty tired, but I've uh, uh, begin to recover a little bit. I feel like I'm getting my strength back, and so hopefully we'll kind of get the podcast up and going a little bit more frequently than what I have been, but that's basically what's been happening there. I haven't forgot about you. The second thing I wanted to mention was there's been some more uh, coverage in the news about disclosure from the Department of Defense. In fact, I linked an article uh, at the website, ufowarning.com, and um, I'm not going to get too far into the article. I'm not going to read it because... I just don't think it's worth the time, but it's it's it is interesting to take a look at to just see how the other side <clears throat> views the truth. I guess you could say, and it's a whole article written about how the Department of Defense is going to have this watchdog group investigate how the Pentagon has been handling UFO disclosure and whether or not they're writing up all the UFO uh, sightings and and whatnot and reporting this back to Congress. Well. You know, after four years of watching Trump sit there and slam his thumb in the kitchen door day after day after day, telling people to do things, you know, barking out orders that were never followed, it's clear to me that the deep state is firmly in control. And while a president can do a few things, or a congressman, even with good intentions, can do a few things, um, the people that run things continue to run things. And... If the people that run things haven't given you disclosure in the past 70 years, uh, I wouldn't count on those same people to give you disclosure in the next seven weeks. Just my opinion. But the article is insightful to a point. It seems like so many of the mainline uh, UFO people, the ones that are out there on Twitter, and the former DOD and Ministry of Defense and all the other folks, some quite likable actually, and they've all got their fan clubs. I understand that. I like some of the guys myself. They all seem to be coming from the same perspective that at some point, if we just complain long enough, hard enough, loud enough, that the government will go ahead and tell us what's going on. And uh, it's kind of like a five-year-old kid asking their parents if Santa Claus is real. I just don't think you're going to get a straight answer. That aside. Um, I did find this article uh, amongst all the trash that comes up in a Google search for UFOs. And I have to tell you, it seems like we're almost on a UFO news blackout. And you type in, when I do my research for the articles and stuff, a lot of times it just seems like you get page after page after page talking about nothing but Tic Tacs, Tom DeLong, and uh, disclosure. And I wasn't interested in any of that stuff, but I did find this old case, and I... I think I may have mentioned it before, but I don't think we've gotten this good of an article on it. And uh, it comes from a site called Think About It, 
Think about it, docs.com. It says, Real UFO and Alien Sightings by Date and Location. Someone's done a really nice job on this. This, this could be something that someone just put up there themselves. It says, uh, it's got a picture here of what was taken back in 78, I suppose. It's a crash site. It's kind of on the side of a mountain here. It says, 1978 UFO crash in Bolivia, witnessed by thousands. Now, you can go to the website, ufowarning.com, and you can look this article up. It's it's uh, written, I think, pretty decently. It looks. It, I like the way the website's set up. It's very clean, uh, to the point. Someone's done a nice job on it. It says, last updated on July 11, 2020. Think about it, crash report. Date, May 6, 1978. Sighting time, 4.15 p.m. That's awesome. They give us a t- date and time right there. Location, it's important. El Terra. Mountain Bolivia, and that's spelled L-T-A-R-R-E, Mountain Bolivia. Now it says, uh, Heine classification as a CE-2, or 1-1, what do you want to say? Close encounter to observation, so I'm assuming close encounter of the second kind. Observation of an object in close proximity to the witness were physical traces, were physical traces, traces impression, burn, medical effect, etc., are left... Or electrical effect, heat, are felt. So you see, you have the um, you have the eyewitness report. The person sees it, and then you have additional evidence besides that. A lot of folks have uh, witness accounts, myself included, where they've actually seen a UFO, but um, fortunately they weren't burnt by it or didn't feel the heat or the radiation off of it. Duration, number of objects, 1. Size of objects, 12 feet long. Shape, cylindrical. Color of objects, dull metallic. Number of witnesses, multiple. Spatial feature characteristics, crash retrieval, mass sighting. And then it says, source, Michael Hesseman, 1998. It's got a cool picture of the Google map here. You can go to and look it up and blow it right up to see where it was at. On May 6, 1978, at about 4.15 p.m., something crashed into a mountain near El Terra on the Bermejo River, the border between the Bolivian province of Tarria and Argentina. So this would be over on the western side of the continent of South America. Thousands of people saw this happening and later described the object as being cylindrical in shape with a flaming tail. It had caused a supersonic bang that was heard up to 150 miles away. Now that is impressive. I mean, I haven't even heard of a meteorite that gives off a 150 mile uh, sound signature. That's incredible. It says, and, and for it to only be a, a, 12 foot, uh, a 12 foot long craft, my goodness, how much that thing weighed and how fast could it have been going? It says the UF Oh, crash in Bolivia, and then it has a sketch, according to eyewitness reports. On May 6, 1978, about 4.15 p.m., something crashed into a mountain, into a mountain near El Terra on the, on the Bermeo <clears throat> River, the border between the Bolivian province of Terrio and Argentina. Thousands of people saw this happening and later described the object as being cylindrical in shape with a flaming tail. It had caused a supersonic bang that was heard up to 150 miles away, and that cracked window panes as far as 30 miles in every direction. 
The next day, the papers were speculating on what had come down in that godforsaken place. The explanations ranged from meteorites to UFOs and belated re-entry of some Apollo capsule. All of them referred to statements of eyewitnesses. Then it was announced that the Argentinian authorities had sent the 20th unit of the border police to the area in question to look for wreckage on their side of the border. Well, this tells you that it was a serious enough event that Argentina sent the military there to check it out. It says the search in that mountainous country could last for weeks, so swarms of neighbors went to the nearest big town, Agua Blancas, to take up quarters there and await further developments, as well as to interview eyewitnesses in the town. Wow. And in fact, there were a number of witnesses who claimed to have seen the object. Most of them described it as oval or cylindrical and metallic. The Army, too, seemed to be convinced that it was a UFO. Corporal Natalio Farfan Ruiz, the commander of a small border police unit at the little village of La Maruma, 800 inhabitants, confirmed the crash to Argentinian reporters saying it was about 4.30 p.m. when a cylindrical object made the earth tremble. Just imagine what would have happened if the UFO had fallen on the houses policeman Juan Hurtado had been seen had also seen what had happened. Quote, it looked like a gigantic wine container emitting a trace of white smoke. I saw it clearly. It flew directly above my head. I was on duty and at that moment was talking with three engineers from the mine in La Paz when we saw the object crashing into the Elter Mountain. The impact was so strong that it threw me to the ground. The earth trembled at that moment. That sounds like quite an impact. Now, he must have been a mile or two away, at least from the same. But the impact of this UFO crashing into the mountain literally threw this police officer to the ground. Now, here we have a police officer and three uh, mining engineers, but all seem like pretty good witnesses. It says, finally, the Bolivian Air Force sent three single-motored AT-6 airplanes, a model from World War II, to the area, and discovered the crash site on the southern slope of the Altair Mountain. Whereas the pilots found it impossible to land anywhere near it, the newspaper, Claren of Buenos Aires, announced on May 14th that the object had been found. As proof, they quoted the police chief of, of Turia, Our men have discovered the object and inspected it, but have received no instruction for further action. It is a dull, metallic cylinder, 12 feet long, with a few dents. No one knows what is inside it and we are awaiting the arrival of various technical commissions. A NASA expert is also expected to arrive tomorrow morning, unquote. As a matter of fact, no NASA expert came to Turia. Instead, two U.S. Air Force officers, Colonel Robert Simmons and Major John Heiss, arrived. According to a newspaper, although these officers were officially on leave, they had been instructed to take the object to the United States in a Hercules C-130 transport machine, which was waiting for them at La Paz. When other newspapers made inquiries at the American Embassy regarding the secret mission of Simmons and Heiss, they were met with a denial. Only two years later, five relevant documents were released by the U.S. State Department. They revealed that Simmons and Heiss had been assigned to the military attaché of the U.S. Embassy in La Paz and did in fact fly to Tahiria 
accompanied by an officer of the Bolivian Air Force in connection with Project Moondust. The first of these documents was a telex sent by the U.S. Ambassador in Bolivia, Paul H. Booker, to the State Department. In that, he quoted newspaper reports he quoted newspaper reports and requested the department to, quote, ask the relevant agencies whether they could explain what this object could be, unquote. Adding, quote, during the last week, more and more UFO reports are coming from this region, unquote. This answer was Telex Classified Secret, dated May 18th, in which the Secretary of State Cyrus Vance personally declared Preliminary information has been checked with appropriate government agencies. No direct correlation with known space objects may have been may have re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. Near May 6 can be made. However, we are continuing to examine any possibilities. Now stop and think about this. This is 1978. Who was the president? Jimmy Carter. Still alive, by the way. Who was the head of the CIA? I believe it was still George Bush. That's George Bush Sr. And do we remember the famous quote about Carter asking to see UFO evidence when he first came into office? And Bush basically saying that that was on, that that was on a need-to-know basis and Carter didn't need to know? Pretty clear from this article, it seems like Carter was completely out of the loop. I think most presidents have been out of the loop, back until maybe Eisenhower. It goes on, he says, he then referred, to the, he then referred the embassy to state Aerogram A-6343 A of July 26, 1973, classified secret, which provides background information and guidance for dealing with space objects, in particular any information pertaining to the pre-impact observations, the direction of trajectory, number of objects observed, time of impact, and detailed description, including any markings, could be helpful. The next document was a moon dust message of the Office of the U.S. Military Attaché dated May 24th, addressed to the Division of Foreign Technologies at the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and the headquarters of the U.S. Air Force at the Pentagon, classified as confidential NO4RN, no forwarding to foreign nationals. Under reference, moon dust, the military attaché at La Paz, reported that they had taken pains to verify the press reports. In addition to that, they had asked the general staff of the Bolivian Air Force and the chiefs of the Bolivian Army, who had declared, apparently after a first unsuccessful attempt, we have sent search troops to the area in question, but we have found nothing. The Army came to the conclusion that there could have been an object there, or maybe not, but to date, they had found nothing. The attaché added that he would send two officials to Terry as promised Tria. They will keep you informed if anything turns up. These two officials, we can assume, were Simons and Heese. Regrettably, no further reports concerning the Simons Heese expedition were released. And to get a picture of what happened, we are forced to rely on reports in the Argentina press. Apparently, however, nobody came to the conclusion that a meteorite had hit the Earth. At the world-famous Smithsonian Institution, there is a data bank of scientific occurrences or an alarm network that keeps track of every volcanic eruption, every earthquake, and every meteorite collision since 1973 with painstaking accuracy. The data bank reveals no mention of a meteorite falling during May 1978 at the Bolivian-Argentina border. 
the Air Force documents reveal that the 1127th Field Activities Group, which coordinated Project Moondust, was interested in another task besides the recovery of UFO wrecks and other space objects, represented by the codename HUMINT. This codename, short for Human Intelligence, means the collection of information from human sources through the clandestine undercover methods, in contrast to interrogations, reading through files and correspondence, etc. In other words, it meant the collection of information about UFOs from reliable sources through a game of deceit. The method which was chosen to achieve Hewitt's goal was so bizarre that nobody outside the UFO community would believe it. It was the birth of the men in black, subject of a Hollywood blockbuster movie, in 1997. So apparently they think these two fellows were the first original two men in black. Very interesting. Interesting stuff that apparently this UFO caused enough uh, fear and trepidation among both the Bolivian and Argentina government that they weren't too concerned about getting too close to it. And you have to wonder if the U.S. didn't get out there and recover that thing or maybe somehow it made the necessary repairs itself and uh, managed to lift off in the meantime. But I'll say this, I'm guessing that that will be just one more UFO case that we will not find listed in the upcoming report to be released by the Pentagon in June. Once again, you can find this uh, article written uh, up, uh, linked at uh, my website, ufowarning.com. And the title is 1978 UFO Crash in Bolivia. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.